Happy Sunday. Happy 50th. <laughs> Happy 50th episode. I know. Does that mean this is episodic? It's taken us over a year to do 50 episodes. Well, that's okay. Once a week. More than 50 no, weeks. We, more than, it's taken us more than 52 I know, because we've missed a couple of Sundays. Yeah, we missed last Sunday, too. We needed to... We had a bunch of family stuff, I think, going on last week. I don't remember, but we're catching up today. We had lots of family stuff going on today, and yeah, we've had a good time. Yeah, we had a great time today. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was that peony celebration that we went to last Saturday or How do you Sunday. That? Peony. Oh, I thought you were making a request. <laughs> <laughs> It's you kind mean, of kinky. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I would ever request that. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm not sure I can pee on demand. <laughs> Although I'm willing to try. Daddy likes bass. Mom sang tenor. Daddy sang bass. <laughs> I'm not sure if those are the words. Is Daddy sang bass, Mama sang tenor, and little Junior joined right in there. What did Junior sing? It sounds like the little tale of the three bears. In a way, yes. <laughs> Depending on how you spell it. Yeah. Well, last Sunday we went to Nichols Arboretum in Ann Arbor to see the peony celebration. It was a hundred years since the peony garden had been planted there. Yes, and, and it I was the Upjohn. It, was it the Upjohn family yeah. that planted it? Yeah. So yeah. there was amazing amounts of peonies, amazing varieties. And what was interesting to me was that there are there were three different kinds there was like the what they call the fragrant kind mm -hmm. which is a plant then they had a bush which is you know um kind of what it looks like a green bush and doesn't have as many flowers on yeah. it and, but some of the chinese varieties of the bush version had lots of flowers but they were light green i took a couple of pictures of those and then there's a hybrid that's a cross between a bush and the plant yeah so, and it was just amazing, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was. And uh, interestingly found out that these shrubs, flowers, etc. have evolved from China is where they originated. And the colors were fabulous. At a certain point after the morning started to warm up, the aroma got a little more intense. And yes. The crowds got more intense, but it was still wonderful. There was one big, huge white peony, and I remember cupping it and sniffing it in, and it reminded me of the perfume or the powder or whatever my grandmother used to use. Oh, yeah. And it instantly took me back to when I would visit my grandparents in Pittsburgh. I would go to the maternal side for a week, and then I would go to the paternal side, which was a few blocks away. I didn't know you were week. related to the paternos. <laughs> Anyways, I used to love, and I'm talking, you know, I was six, seven years old at this point. I just loved to go through my grandma's vanity. Oh. She had like a room that was like a dressing area that was attached to her bedroom. And then you could, from there, you could go into the closet, the walk-in closet, or you could turn right and go into the actual bathroom, which they had an ensuite bathroom at their house. So it was kind of cool. But I remember... Just 
looking at everything on her vanity because back then perfume came in these beautiful bottles yeah and you know you had to touch everything right and so well as a kid that's your yeah, obligation it's exactly. part of the job well one day <laughs> and I was, get into everything one day i was at her vanity and i was looking around and then for some reason the light was on in the bathroom i think my grandfather you know was coming in and out or doing something like that in the bathroom or whatever and he had shaved and um and then he put on his dress shirt and he walked away. And so then I saw his razor left on the bathroom sink. Yikes. So I beelined over to the razor because I've had this fascination with shaving when I was little. I wanted to shave like my dad all the time. And oh. I even had a plastic shaving kit that I would use. And oh. I would put on shaving cream and pretend I was my dad. And I would shave my face, you know. Now I shave it for other reasons, you know. <laughs> Now instead of using an exfoliating scrub, I just shave my face once you do a, a month. Pretty, you do a pretty good job. Well, you know I've what? It keeps that. the wrinkles down. Really, it's it's exfoliating to shave. You can do it once a week. I probably do it once a month. But yeah, I actually shave my whole face. I know that's TMI. That's not something you want to hear. Your wife is sh I'm a closet shaver. <laughs> well, you're out of the closet now. <laughs> but anyways, um, I remember I saw his razor and he had left it up. And it wasn't put back in the cabinet. And so it was like, I was like drawn to it like a magnet. And I took my finger. Sure, and, danger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I took my finger and I was running it across the blade. And it grabbed my finger and cut me. Oh, boy. And I started to bleed. I'm and sure. I, of course, I panicked. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. I need help. But I, what am I going to say? I got to tell my grandma something happened, right? So I run over, you know, out of the you know, dressing area. And I run into the, uh, go down the hall, run into the kitchen. She's making lunch probably for my, or breakfast for my grandfather or whatever. And I told her that the dog, her dog, Tammy, who was a Pomeranian bit me oh. and she went bananas. She like whipped off her apron and she was like, Tammy. And she went down the hall and she's, you know, of course, Tammy was under the bed, always slept under my grandma's bed. And they had twin beds like Lucy and Desi. Innocent, innocent as ever. Innocent little Tammy's like laying under the bed. And my grandma's reaching under there. You know, you can imagine my grandmother. I'm sure she was well into her 70s. And she's got her bum up in the air. And she's reaching down in there. And she grabs the dog. And she holds the dog, you know, in a loving way. Because she was never mean to the dog. But she just took her finger and like scolded the Tammy and was like, Tammy, don't you ever bite her again. That's no, no. You know, and the dog is just like, <laughs> and now you know, the, like what's going on? You know, just panting like and, whatever. And now the dog has ample reason to go ahead and bite you because you got the dog in trouble. It was so funny. I was petrified that I didn't know what was going to happen to the dog, but she just scolded the dog and I was like, no, Tammy. You know, like, of course, the dog's like clueless, you know. But yeah, so I had to tell that lie because my, then of course, after she scolded the dog, then she bandaged up my finger. So I'm like walking around with my finger up and a little drop of blood on there. But oh my gosh. Yeah, that was probably the first time I really told a bold faced lie. And who taught you to lie? Well, I don't know who taught me to lie. I don't know. I'm thinking I was like first, second grade. So maybe, maybe I learned it at school. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, school's a good place to pick up bad habits. <laughs> I've got a long list, if I can find it here somewhere. Of bad habits? A long list of bad habits I picked up at school. 
The other list is too long. I I gave up on that a long time oh ago. Oh my gosh, so funny. Well, speaking of uh, your grandmother's vanity, my grandmother, my mom's mom, had one. They lived in a nice house in Flint, and the kind of the inner sanctum of the house was grandma's bedroom. Grandpa's bedroom was right next door. He was at the end of the hall. She was the door before his room. And then the bathroom was opposite her room. But she had a vanity, and I saw her use this mysterious stuff, you know. She also had the big glass mirror behind a low desk on this vanity, and there was a big container of powder, and I would see her put some on her face and some cold cream, and I'd see her put some of that on, and I never quite got the hang of it. But one time when I was like three or four, I got in there and got cold cream <laughs> and powder all over my face. And my mom's got a picture of that somewhere. That's so funny of you and grandma's vanity. Yeah, I think that was the last time, but um, <laughs> at least the last time I'll admit. Uh, but it just... It just reminds me, kids will get into just about anything oh, if yeah. you give them a chance. And I just feel like, like in my case, my grandma, you know, she wasn't used to having a little kid around, so of course she never had eyes on me. You know, I would go there for a week and basically do whatever I wanted, you know, very limited uh, supervision. Yeah. Unless yeah. we were going shopping and we would always go downtown Pittsburgh to shop <laughs> or whatever. They lived in Pittsburgh, but then we would drive downtown to where my grandfather worked and park the car at his building and then um, we'd go shopping from there, but... And then my other grandma, um, on my dad's side, my grandfather worked for fun. He didn't have to, but he wanted to. He worked a couple days a week at the nursing home, which was also on Spring Hill. And he would go up there and wash the breakfast and lunch dish dishes. And then he would come home around one thirty or 2 o'clock. But my grandma would take us on little ventures. Like, you know, if it was me or just me and my sister, we would like go on little trips and we got to ride the city bus because my grandma didn't drive. My grandfather did, but she never, you know, he never took us, you know, places because he would be working. So she would plan these little trips and we got to go walk down the end of the street, walk down Westner Avenue, down to the bottom of the hill and get on a bus. And then we would be able to go downtown Pittsburgh. And then if we weren't going to get, you know, if we were going to stay in downtown Pittsburgh, maybe we were going to go out to one of the suburbs, then we would be able to do a transfer and get on a second bus. And that was amazing to be able to ride a city bus. Exciting. It was. And then I would ride the city bus in Lansing too. When I was 10 years old, my mom would let me go downtown Lansing by myself and go to the library or take my sister with me. But the very, very, very first time I ever was on a city bus was with my paternal grandmother. And it was just the biggest adventure. It was like, this was way cooler than riding around in a private car with my other grandma. Yeah. You know, yeah, the city bus was that. just so different for yeah. us. You know, it was neat. Well, it's it's fun how you have those fond memories of mm -hmm. people and places and certain events that stick out. And um, as you talk about your dog experience and your shaving, I'm reminded my grandfather, this would be my mom's dad, had a big leather strap on the back side of the bathroom door that I always ask, you know, what, what is that for and how does that work? Because it was a piece of leather, but somehow he sharpened his straight razor on it. 
and I could never figure out, I would think that a razor would cut leather, but, you know, he tried to explain it to me, and Grandpa Sullins was an, an aqua velva man. Oh, so was my grandfather. Yeah, it yeah. was like the Well, my grandfather was cigars. My maternal grandfather was cigars and aqua velva. Okay. Like a combo mix. Okay, well. Which I'll... is probably why I love it when you smoke cigars. Well, maybe I got to get some aqua velva to see if I can <laughs> ump my get game. Get lucky. Yeah, get lucky indeed. <laughs> get some aqua velva and get lucky. I used to sit in the front seat, like we would go places with my parent, with my grandparents. I would sit in the front seat, but my grandfather never drove on my maternal side. So he would be in the passenger seat smoking his cigar. And if there was air conditioning, he may or may not have the window cracked to let the smoke out. <laughs> and then my grandma would drive and then I would sit in the middle between them. And then if there was other siblings or my parents, they would sit in the back seat. And I just remember just... You know, when you're sitting that close to a cigar smoker, you're you're breathing that crap in, sure. right? I mean, so it's just like, and I can smell cigar smoke from blocks away in our neighborhood. Like when I can smell, I can smell. Like there's a guy now up on the corner that smokes. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, he's he's a he's a one house in from farmer, but um, I walked by there with the dogs the other day. And I smelled cigar smoke, but I smelled it as I turned the corner down on our side. And I thought it was your cigar for a minute. I thought, oh, can I smell Dennis's cigar over here? And then I looked up and there was the guy standing on his porch. And I and I looked at him. I go, oh, I smell your cigar. It smells good. And he goes, oh, you know, or whatever. I go, I go for a minute. I thought it was my husband's cigar because he's over at our house smoking cigars right now in the garage. <laughs> oh. Well, it's it's funny how those memories come back to you and the straight razor and my grandpa's room and grandpa used to work afternoons so grandma would pack a lunch for him and he had one of those black lunch boxes with a thermos in it and he had those um little nutty donut crescents were always part of his lunch and a sandwich made out of leftovers and He'd go off to work with his coffee and his sandwich and his donuts, and he'd come back after long after we were in bed. But it was just always a big deal. And my uh, grandma one day made a lunch for me to take down the street. Her sister-in-law, her brother, lived down the street a couple of doors, both in Flint and in Newport Ritchie, Florida, and. Aunt Thelma invited me to come down there and have my lunch with her. So I sat on her front porch and had my lunch that Grandma packed for me. Oh, how cute. You know, I could walk down. Grandma could watch me, you know, because it wasn't too many doors away. Oh, I bet that was adorable. And um, I regaled Aunt Thelma with my tales of we had cows on our farm back in West Branch and how I was a cowboy and I'd sit on the fence and I'd watch the cows. Because <laughs> that's what cowboys do. They watch, they watch the, cows. the cows. That's, that's right. So funny. And I was a boy. I was at least half right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. So Dennis. many, many, many memories of visiting them in Flint. And a few years ago, uh, certainly before the pandemic, I was in Flint for a business meeting 
I said, you know, I think I can kind of find my way to their old neighborhood. And I found my way there. I found my way to our old house on Lexington, and they lived on Lincoln. And I found their house. I found our house. And uh, their house was still the nicest house on the block. But boy, the rest of the block was in rough shape. Yeah. A couple of burned out structures and yeah. not boarded up. So it's uh, it's interesting to see those places from your childhood and connect all your fond memories and then see the reality of today's world. and mm -hmm. Sad too, in a way. But weird that I never drove in Flint, but I could remember where it was because visually coming and going to visit relatives mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we drove down from West Branch to Flint often. And tonight we were having dinner at the Deadwood Grill. And I remembered the days when Frankenmuth didn't have Bronner's all in a location south of town. Bronner's was in all these little stores on the main street so you had the same selection, but you had to go from store to store to store to find it. Interesting. And uh, when we were drive down from West Branch to Flint, we went through Frankenmuth. And I remember during the season that the people would just be lined up on the sidewalks. It was like to get into crazy. Browners. Yeah, to, mm. well, to get into the little stores. I'm not sure they were all called Browners, but... I don't know. They still have little stores down there. Yeah, well, these were all where all the Christmas stuff was. We should talk about what else we did today. Well, I uh, never expected we'd be going to Royal Oak today to a church and hearing a choral concert. But we went and... It was... It was, well, we should say who was one of the Well, singers. Jeremy Peters, Jeremy Katie's Peters, husband. Katie's husband, yeah. Was I'm just going to repeat everything you say. It was the bass. And he was exceptional. And he was exceptional. The, the whole ensemble was. It was 17 people singing. It was unbelievable. And a conductor. They are a professional vocal ensemble. And the name of their group, I think it's pronounced ODV. I, I call it Audi 6, just so I can remember how to spell it. I'm not it. <laughs> sure, but it's spelled A-U-D-I-V-I. And they did a work by Joby Talbot called Path of Miracles, which is basically um, a reflection on the pilgrimage in the northern part of Spain that is called the Camino El Santiago, I believe is the name of it. But it's the path, the pilgrimage path. It's an ancient path. That was taken by St. James during his years of evangelizing. And then um, many people have walked that over the years and they've experienced miracles, including a vision of the Virgin Mary in an apple tree um, is one of the main miracles. And so it's just it's just amazing. I know we have friends that have done pieces of it, um, but then to have this beautiful work and then, you know, take us through the journey. It was actually a four part um piece and it focused on different parts of the journey and some primary cities in each part of the journey but it was just it was unbelievable to hear those 17 voices 
And then there was one instrument, and Jeremy told us what the instrument was, but I couldn't think of it. It was almost like miniature cymbals. Yeah, and and it was um, super emotional. Yeah. And I was sobbing at the end. Oh, I know. It was just phenomenal. My mask was filling with snot. <laughs> it was? Yeah, yeah. Because you were crying. Yeah, I mean, the voices, was... the voices were just amazing. Of course, Jeremy sings bass. Um, and then the, the other people, you know, obviously the other parts were, you know, soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. But And we just had one soprano that stood right in front of us. And she had these very piercing high notes that oh, complimented. Her soprano, the soprano, yeah, was like, we could have reached out and touched her probably. Yeah. If we stood up, but yeah, oh my God, she's just amazing. But she probably they would have all called the good. cops if we did. Yeah. <laughs> but all the singers were wonderful. And, they were. And, and, and the thing about this piece is that it it actually broke down the voices so that sometimes there were solos and sometimes there were duos and trios or there would be like just the bass singing you know or just the altos or whatever and it was just it you could hear everybody's voice at different parts and and then all blended together it was just amazing it was really mesmerizing i loved it it was truly a religious experience even though it's a it's kind of a religious it's a reflection on a religious pilgrimage and the other thing that was cool was that they sang in all these different languages they sang in latin french german yes. english Yes. Um, to kind of represent the, all the peoples of the world that will do this pilgrimage. Yes. So, yeah, Camino de Santiago. I don't speak Spanish, but um, here's, an, here's what the explanation is. Path of Miracles is a choral exploration of the Camino de Santiago, the ancient Catholic pilgrimage route across northern Spain to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Galicia. The text comprises excerpts from historical and sacred documents in several different languages, alongside original material by poet Robert Dickinson. And then Jeremy's um, ensemble is is uh, is Audibi. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know if Jeremy listens to this podcast, but well, we'll find out. I'm sure he'll give us gentle corrections if they're necessary. Yeah, and we want we want to be corrected. I'm pretty. We want to say it right. I'm pretty sure it's not Audi Six, but that's how I remember how to spell it. So it's just a <laughs> little so mnemonic trick. Yeah, to trick your memory. Well, and then we just, so it was just a great day. So it was just such a wonderful event. And I was commenting too, as we were coming back to Plymouth from Royal Oak, I have not physically been in a church probably since the fall of 2019 because I was going to church with my mom. Then I was doing church at home with my dad, doing mass at home with my dad. Um, and then you had your stroke in December. And then I was going to the chapel at St. Joe Hospital with you. And I don't really count that as a church. I guess it is. It's a sanctuary. but And they did have a tabernacle there with the body of Christ. But um, I physically have not been in a church since that stroke until now. Because once, you know, I went back to work after your stroke, I was only at work for a couple of weeks before we were put out because of the pandemic. So uh, it was nice to be back in a church. Now, they did have the tabernacle open today on the altar and the body of Christ was removed and they tend to do that when they have these types of events. Um, 
so that people can clap and it's more like a concert venue. But the church itself had wonderful acoustics. It did. It had a barrel ceiling, which I think really helps the acoustics. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy said that they realized that the acoustics there were so much better than the other church that they did yesterday that they wanted to record there today. So they set up to record and we're hopeful we get a CD of it somewhere. Yeah, that would be great. What was the material that the walls were made of? Was that marble? It looked like limestone to me. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. Because um, it was however, almost like it was almost like a light color, and it seemed like it had a lot of yellow in it. The and stone. it also had in the part behind the altar, mm-hmm. the stone was polished, and at a certain point, the stained glass window had sun coming through it, and it was filtering the pattern in reverse on the shiny walls. Oh, okay. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. And and those windows were stained glass too, but, um, you know, I don't know what they call the parts of a cathedral like that, but... Well, it's just a ch- that was just a regular church, but... So anyways, it was a wonderful experience, and the original church was much smaller and right next door and Mm -hmm. we had to walk past it to get into the big one and it was just a nice day nice neighborhood the only it was all family today we got to see our nephew jeremy and then we got to go have dinner with our niece danielle and um nephew husband david and then the kids so i mean we just had it was all family today. Yeah, and we babysat fun. last night. We yeah. had lots of family stuff this weekend. We had all good stuff. Good times. Good times. So you sound like the ladies. I touched on... your glasses just now. I know. I wanted to scream, Ooh, but I didn't. You don't like it. No, it, you have it a problem me. with people touching your it's glasses. It's because I've been hurt. Well, by people whacking me in the glasses. Well, I'm not and, trying to hurt you, but I do I think know, I made them a little hurt. bit crooked right now. I yes, just want to straighten did. them out for you. Don't touch them. <laughs> you are so funny. Oh, you know what else we did today that was kind of fun? We tried on all of your suits and all of your sport coats, and guess what? They're all out of my closet. They are all not fitting you, and they're all going to go to the dry cleaners, and we're going to donate them to somebody that can use them. Yes. So we've had a banner day. Yeah, and usually I don't go for it, but I had a chance to get it all out of the system right now. And out of all the suits that I had... One of them is going to stay, and it's just a blazer. Yeah. And it's one of those oddball kind of summery fabrics. So the yeah. rest of them are going to be donated. The pants are going to be donated. The suits are donated. And I guess I want to start over with blazers, a couple of pairs of slacks. I think we're even getting Hawaiian of- shirts and blazers is basically where you need to be at at this point in time. Except I got to have some shirts that I can wear a tie because oh, yeah, we're going you- to the Grand Hotel. Yeah. Okay. For your birthday. Yes. So, so for have that. dinner, four nights, I've got to dress up. Yeah. Kind of a bummer, huh? That you got to get dressed up on your birthday. Yeah. Weekend. I don't care. Okay. Good. I'm with family and loving That'd be it. fun. Yeah. Well, that's coming up in a few weeks. So we'll- yeah. Hopefully we can do a little bit of a we can do a show on my birthday from up there. Ooh, a birthday show. Mm, mm. Yeah, because your birthday's on a Sunday, and I've got a special suit to wear on my birthday. Oh, you do. 
<laughs> Does it fit? <laughs> it it fits, although it's getting a little baggy around a certain corner here and there. <laughs> but you could take it in. Oh, you're so, <laughs> you're so silly. Okay, Dennis. All right. Well, I love you, and love we will you. talk again soon. I'm sure of it. All right. Good night. Love oh, you. Oh, good night. I love you. <laughs>